So, as we start, I'd like you to pause and have a bit of a ponder about all the things that you hold dear. What's valuable to you? Take a minute and figure out, say, the top three. That's all, just three things that you have that are the three most valuable. You can't live without them. The world would end if they were gone. You cherish them in your heart. Have you got them? Yeah, see a few nods? All right. Now, these are things that maybe you don't have right now, or either you want them, or you're anticipating them, or you have them and you're holding on tight. These things you desire in your heart. Now, I don't need to know what these things that you're thinking of are. That's, that's up to you. But just as I preach this sermon, as I talk, keep them in the back of your mind. Because today I am talking about treasures. Some treasures are earthly and some treasures are heavenly. And I ask you to now turn to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, which is our text for today. Matthew six nineteen to 24. And uh, if you've got an NIV, the little paragraph heading is Treasures in Heaven. So 6, 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth, and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, oh, how great will that darkness be? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and wealth. Bit of a hard line there, Jesus. So don't store up earthly treasures. Okay? Moth and vermin will eat them away. Everything suffers attrition. Today's finest fashions are tomorrow's moth food. Even if you do manage to accumulate some wealth and you keep a hold of it, you're always going to be worrying that some thief is going to break in and steal it. Things get lost. The more you have, the more you worry about it. Because the more your neighbours envy. And then you get to a certain level of wealth and you need to employ security. And don't even talk about insurance. There's a reason they're called brokers. Say goodbye to your right arm. Earthly treasures are a reference to materialism. The desire for material goods. A big house full of stuff. 
and maybe a renter shed full of more stuff that won't fit in the big house. And a flashy car. No, two. High fashion, so that I look so classy. Now, look, nice things aren't evil in themselves. They're nice things. Okay, they're not evil per se. But what is? What is Jesus saying? He is prohibiting the hoarding of them, the loving of them, the making an idol out of them. You can't let your life revolve around this stuff. It's temporary. The brightest coloured shirt will always fade in the clothesline. So store your treasures in heaven. There's no vermin to destroy them there. They won't get corroded. The thief cannot steal it away because we all know where thieves go and it's not heaven. You've got eternal security and a worry-free life. So what eternal things can we take to heaven that survive death? Because, I mean, the pharaohs tried to take all their stuff with them and it ended up at the British Museum. (laughs) See? Even their treasures got stolen. In fact, I heard a joke, a little aside, I heard a joke on the internet the other day. Why are there pyramids in Egypt? Because they're too heavy for Englishmen to carry home. So what are the eternal things that can't be stolen, that don't corrode? We have salvation goes beyond death. In fact, it provides the eternal life for us to enjoy. The spiritual gifts. Prophecy survives beyond death. Gift of helps. Administration, all the rest. Healing, miracles, wonders. The power of prayer. If you can talk to God now and he can hear you, how much more clearly when you're in his very throne room? And of course, Paul's trifecta. Three things endure. Faith, hope and love. The greatest of which is, of course, love. Therefore, if you want to get into hoarding something, hoard these things. So how do we choose between them? We choose with our heart. For where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Where you send your heart will be your treasure. What your heart longs for is what you will choose to chase after. That's what you'll pursue. That's where you'll spend your energy. So the treasures of earth do not last. They wear out, they corrode, they get stolen, they get lost. Today we are rich, tomorrow we are poor. The wheel of fortune turns. It's far better to think in eternal terms and chase after eternal things. These treasures do not suffer the way earthly treasures do. So what does your heart long for? Because that's the treasure that you'll bring to yourself. And moving on to verse 22, light is often used as a symbol of righteousness and revelation. So, be enlightened, be righteous, see clearly, walk in the light. Conversely, darkness is the opposite and is used to mean sin and ignorance and confusion. 
Jesus here says that the eyes are the lamp of the body. Where you shine a lamp is what you will see. If you're in a dark room or it's night time and you've got your torch out, you will see where you point the lamp. What you see is what you will focus on. So the question then is, what do your eyes focus on? Things of light or things of darkness? Things of righteousness or things of sin? See, so our eyes are like lamps shining on the things we gaze upon, but they also reveal something of ourselves. Some people, you look into their eyes and you think, oh, there's a happy person. They're content with their life. They must have it good. They seem like a nice person. I might hang around with them. Some people, you'll look into their eyes and go, ooh. You think, that's a mean-spirited person. They're plotting someone's destruction. You can tell by the look of someone gives you what they're thinking of you. So let us then have eyes of light focusing on God and his heavenly treasure. Then when Jesus declares to his disciples, you are the light of the world, it will ring true for you as well. Be a light that people can see. So we come to the last part where Jesus makes his metaphor plain. We've talked about treasures, we've talked about light, and here's the point Jesus is getting to. We have a choice. We can choose between God, the heavenly treasure, the light of the world, the holy one, or we can choose between wealth, earthly treasures, greed and other sins and other ice. And how great is that darkness if their eyes are dark? These two things cannot be reconciled. Light cannot become dark. Dark cannot become light. One must be the master and one must be the servant. Do you serve God? Or do you expect him to be your butler? Bless me, Lord. I'll put another prayer in the slot and the vending machine can spit out a blessing. Do you govern your money, or does your money govern you? Just who or what is in charge of your life? Whom shall you serve? So we have a choice to make. Heaven, light and God, or else earth, darkness and the pursuit of wealth. Now I'm not saying money is in itself evil, it's very useful. I find it great to keep the landlord off my back. It's good for filling the pantry up too. But rather, servitude to it is evil. It becomes another idol in God's way. And it can happen in all sorts of ways. Ask yourself, why do you work? Is it to accomplish something meaningful with the time and energy given to you? Or are you just after another paycheck to chip away at a debt, not caring what you do? Be intentional about what you do. Be intentional how you live. Be serious. Take it seriously. You've got, what, seven to ten decades, somewhere around there? Don't squander it. Jesus gave us life that we might live it abundantly. Don't squander what you've got for something so cheap as cash. 
Now I'm going to go a little bit heavy here. I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes. A bit of a summary. You don't need to read the whole book right now, but it might be worth pondering from during the week. Earthly treasures and the pursuits of the world are meaningless. The Hebrew word there is hevel, which means also smoke. So the pursuit of worldliness is like grabbing a hold of smoke. The more you clutch it, the more useless it becomes. It looks like substance, but there's nothing to it, and it floats away on the wind. Time marches on. The past is gone, its people are forgotten, but for a few notables recorded in history. You might know the names of a handful of pharaohs and a handful of Babylonian kings, but you don't know Joe Smith, who was the blacksmith on the corner. People get forgotten. Most people can remember as far back as their great-grandparents if they try real hard. After that, it's just a sort of a blur and maybe some kings. Empires rise and fall and rise and fall, ebbing and flowing like the tide. Babylon once ruled the world and now they're ruins in the sand. The Assyrians once ruled the world. The Persians once ruled the world. Alexander the Great once ruled the world. The Caesars and the Roman Empire. And now all they are is some marble ruins. The earth is ancient. It was long here long before we ourselves were. And it will remain once we are compost. When our children and our children's children and their children even forget our names, the earth will remain. What monument, what reputation could you build that can withstand the test of time? We are all mortal, rich and poor, righteous and unrighteous, religious and atheist, lazy, hardworking, good and bad. All of them have funerals. What use are your amassed trinkets, your worldly treasures? when your eulogy is being read out. That's what the point of Ecclesiastes is saying. Life is random, is the third point they make. You can't control everything. Tragedy will strike when it wills. I understand there's a tsunami warning for Tasmania because a volcano went off in the islands. Serendipity will strike when it's will. Something good will happen. Just randomly. Things benefit some people and they trouble others. You can plan for the future and it's wise to do so, but you can't guarantee it. The reason I was late for church today is because I got a flat tyre pulling out of the driveway. I don't know where it came from. It wasn't there when I parked the car. Random stuff sometimes happens and gets in the way. Anything might happen tomorrow. So what do we do in the face of all of this? Well, first of all, acknowledge that Jesus knows what he's on about. Ecclesiastes' critique only applies to earthly or worldly pursuits. It's only depressing if you're investing your soul and your life in earthly treasures. Again, these things aren't evil per se, but they are temporary, like smoke on the wind. They are here and they are gone. 
It does not do to invest too heavily in them. Heavenly treasures, however, are untouchable by time, by death or by chance. They wait for us in heaven, eternal, living and ordered by God. So pursue salvation, spiritual gifts, faith, hope and love and all other treasures God has laid up for you in his glory. And let that glory shine forth from your eyes as a testament to who he to who is avoiding he is so avoiding a life of darkness. Sorry, I forgot to put a comma in there. I got myself confused. Seek first the kingdom of God and put him on the throne of your heart. And then all the other stuff will sort itself out. Make everything else subject to him. And he will look after you. Does he not care for the sparrow? Does he not decorate the grass with wildflowers, even though it's going in the furnace tomorrow? So how much more will he then care for you? Choose wisely where you'll put your treasures. Thank you. Thank you, Gaza. It's a good word. And think about it, folks. Think about your life, your lifestyle, where all aspects of your life stand in your relationship with God. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.